Welcome to the Women Are Smarter podcast. I am your host, Dennis Strazulo. The Women Are Smarter podcast is brought to you by Mount Tam Media. Join us as we explore the journeys of women in the music industry, women-owned businesses and nonprofits, and other inspirational females making a difference in this world. We are proud to provide a platform for these incredible women so you can hear their stories. Well, hello, Dennis Struzillo back here hosting another episode of Mount Tam Media's The Woman Are Smarter podcast. Damn right. And that's Tammy, who is founder of the uh, of Mount Tam Media, a woman herself. And it's really as high time we got back to The Women Are Smarter. I believe we've been embroiled in Tales from the Green Room episodes, which has been amazing. But... Yeah, I mean, but Katie Fox, who is like the two you're going to hear from today, and she's a trailblazer. She has an amazing marketing and promo company, Blooming Footprint, and they're doing some super exciting things. But the most exciting, I think, is the upcoming Skull and Roses Festival, April 19th to the 23rd, and we're going to be there. We're going to be there, and we're going to be hanging with her and many others. Can't wait, interviewing folks, coming off stage, and people meandering about. What I love about Katie is underlying all of her efforts are these humanitarian and environmental projects and all the sentiments that go along with that as she ties her love for music into all her endeavors. Yeah, she's the real deal. She really is. So we get into, you know, like we do on the Women Are Smarter podcast, we get into what her struggles may have been or are or are not mm-hmm. as a woman trying to navigate the uh, the male dominated industry. We talk about some of her clients, one of them being Pink Talking Fish, who we will in fact have interviewed on our Tales from the Green Room. But she mentions, or we just bring up this little moment when Lebo Dan Lebo, it's played with them, and so you'll enjoy a nice clip in the middle of the uh, the uh, interview on that. And what else does she do? She represents Melvin Seals and mm-hmm. JGB, who will be mm-hmm. at Skull and Roses. She's got pigeons playing. Pink Ping pong. And another thing she talked about quite prominently, and I think we should mention here, is Sonic Bloom. Sonic Bloom. What did she tell us about that? I mean, well, this is like she, EDM. This is like a whole, you know, diversion from uh, jam, but she explains it so well, like how they're very similar, right? It's just all about love and spreading love and the energy uh, that she gets from this jam band scene. She gets the same thing from the EDM scene. And so I'd love to go to that, actually. Yes, you would. And if you or anybody want to go to it, it is June 15th to the 18th, 2023, at the beautiful Hummingbird Ranch, about 150 miles south of Denver. Denver. Beautiful so, time of year. So if we don't see you at Skull and Roses, we hope to. Maybe we'll see you there. Enjoy Katie Fox, another badass woman. We will get back in just a moment, but first, we'd like to thank and hear from our sponsor helping make this podcast possible. This episode is brought to you by the Sports and Entertainment Group of the O'Hagan Meyer Law Firm. O'Hagan Meyer is a proud holder of a Mansfield Rules certification, reflecting an ongoing commitment to consider a broad pool of candidates as it hires and promotes by intentionally including lawyers who identify as members of historically underrepresented groups. The Mansfield Rule is named after Arabella Mansfield, the first woman admitted to the practice of law in the United States. Mansfield Rules certification reaffirms O'Hagan Meyer's commitment to equity and inclusion. The firm has a national scope with offices in San Francisco, Los Angeles, Chicago, Boston, Philadelphia, and Washington, D.C., and can be found on the web at ohaganmeyer.com. 
Welcome to another episode of the Women Are Smarter podcast brought to you by Mount Tam Media. I am your host, Dennis Struzzillo, and beside me, as always, is Mount Tam Media founder, Tammy Larson. Hello, Tammy. Hello. Uh, Today, we are thrilled to welcome another badass woman of the music industry, Katie Fox, to the Women Are Smarter podcast. And and Katie, before I welcome you, I'm going to tell people who you are. Uh, Among other things, owner of Blooming Footprint, which is a marketing PR and event promo company that helps bands and music festivals grow their brands using what I think you call a campaign management style. Uh, from what I've gathered. And wow. Yeah, see that? <laughs> Research. And it also, though, you are also involved in some amazing humanitarian side projects, I'll call them, giving back to people and the environment with uh, leaving a positive legacy, for one. And just that alone, that, that combo is uh, worthy of the badass comment. So uh, welcome, Katie Fox. Thank you guys for having me. It's a pleasure. So excited. We're excited because, you know, and I, under the category of among other things, <laughs> maybe this is under your blooming footprint umbrella, but your current project is promoting the Skull and Roses Festival in Ventura. Indeed. Yes. 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 April 19th to the 23rd for a plug in Ventura. So I want to just say thank you for spending time with us today. What it was about six weeks before the festival. Oh, just six weeks. No big deal. Oh, just six weeks. <laughs> isn't, isn't that a long time? <laughs> no, it depends who you are. Oh, man. No, it's not. Yeah. How's it going so far? So far, so good. You know, it's always interesting throwing a festival in the middle of a recession. But, you know, we know that the fans are there and, and everyone's going to come out and support us. And the lineup is the greatest lineup to date. And our greening initiatives are the best they've ever been. And our strategic partners are, you know, the best they've ever been. So it's going to be quite a party. And of course, we decided to add an extra day this year just to make our lives a little more complicated. So yeah, we're going to, that's a, we have a notation yes, just we to, do. to talk about the well, ambitiousness. So go for it. Day. Oh. It's Wednesday the 19th is bicycle day. So with bicycle day running into 420 and then our three Chinese new years, new years and Mardi Gras, we just kind of, we couldn't ignore that it was bicycle day on the 19th. <laughs> okay. Do we have to ride our bikes to the festival that day? hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Zero emissions. Okay. Come on. Oh gosh. Well, we're going to have this big podcast equipment backpack, but we can probably manage. <laughs> you guys will look super cool coming in. <laughs> yeah. And thank you for that. We will be embedded uh, backstage to interview some folks playing in the uh, festival at the festival as they come off stage. And thank you. Shout out Dennis McNair. For and to you for uh, helping arrange that. Uh, it's going to be super fun. And uh, actually, the musicians and band management are all excited about it. So that was uh, music to our ears, speaking of music. Check, check. Check, check. Okay, so I said this briefly, quote unquote, off the air. But what we like to do with the Women Are Smarter podcast is we shape the conversation with a broad brush, okay, and then see where we can dig in from there. So here we go. The idea... First of all, is to recognize the pace of the trajectory of women assuming more significant roles in what is still, I would say, a male-dominant music industry. And we can discuss the pace, whether you think that's a big, good pace or a slow pace or an expected pace. And as, as we look at that, I want to identify some of the specific gender-related struggles that have posed challenges, if not roadblocks, along the way for you and other women. So putting all that in a box, then we want to assess that 
at the intersection of our current political climate. And not to get too political here, you know, we don't get too political, but we have to acknowledge uh, where we may be seeing some setbacks to women's rights of late that we haven't seen. Uh, Roe v. Wade comes to mind. In fact, when we first did this uh, podcast, it had just recently mm-hmm. uh, oh, been, right. been overturned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we were uh, lucky enough to speak to uh, Lisa Mackey and Sunshine Garcia and uh, Lisa Marlsberger and... Alina Yanus of Jerry's Middle Finger, and they had a lot to say about all of it. <laughs> so, in yeah, a drop the mic moment, there are a couple of drop the mic moments. So, no pressure, Katie. So, you know, we present all this to you to get your own personal experiences and also learn of the observations you've had along your own journey. And, and is it true that your organization is made up mostly of women? By the way, it is. It is since since the get go. I just, and no offense to any men out there who are really good at multitasking, but I have yet to find uh, find a male a male person who can, with the amount of non-structured work that it takes to sit in our seats on th- this crazy bus that we've, we've inserted ourselves on. So it's nothing but that. And my husband was the first person to say, I can't multitask. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's just, I didn't mean for it to happen this way. But it just kind of organically happened. Once in a while, I work with amazing graphic design artists that are men, web designers who are men. But the people who sit with what we call um, marketing technologists is what I call my staff. And you literally have to be, you know, doing five different things on any given hour of any given day. And that's just the way it is. That's just the way it is. (laughs) And guess what? No offense taken. Right. <laughs> I appreciate I, I am here to be a uh, sounding board and also to make sure a conversation like this doesn't turn into the view. <laughs> you know, we, we, we want to have a platform. I have somebody has to listen. Right. And that's that's what I'm here for on behalf of all those non multitasking men out there, at least while we're on the air. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> As I write notes and uh, check my email and send some text during this. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Okay, so, all right, there's quite a backdrop. I mean, so let's just start with the the pace of the trajectory. I don't know if that's, you know, I'm assuming that there has been a positive trajectory for women in terms of the roles they're playing in the industry, but maybe I'm wrong. What's your take on that? It trembled and exploded, let the bus stop in its place. Again, I I like to use the bus scenario as my, you know, we work with bands that tour and, you know, everything in in our world revolves around people getting on buses and RVs. So I've always used that, you know, getting on the bus, being in the right seat on said bus. And just as the nature of the beast, you know, our booking agents, our managers, mostly everyone in the bands that I've ever worked for are male. And... I always, I've questioned why there aren't more female managers. And I know a few that are incredible. Hillary Clinton, I'm going to throw her name out there. Mm-hmm. She's, you know, a force to reckon with herself. But this precedes my self in the music industry. It's just the way it was. You know, it was the old boys club. And I started going to this conference up in Aspen well over a decade ago called Aspen Live. And it was the old boys club. And I showed up one year with three girls. We were, you know, in our early, late 30s, early 40s back then. And they kind of looked at us. They're like, who invited these people? (laughs) 
<laughs> and we're all thick as thieves now, you know, it was just like they had to understand that we were not coming there to just party and hang out. Like we, we had a lot to bring to the table and over the years they put us on the panels and let us, you know, speak freely and speak our minds. And as you know, we showed up early, there are all sorts of women that come to that now. And even before us, but I'm, I'm using my little group as the, at least my injection into how really the old boys club really was a thing. Oh gosh. Yes, of course. And I'm sure it still is in many places. Yeah. And I know, and you worked in the corporate world as, as I did and, you know, we experienced it there too. Right. <laughs> so, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, yep. Jeez. But what I did, I did find out was there was a lack of, there really weren't these little boutique agencies that would work with a band from, you know, like a B, a B minus C level band until they were A bands. And I used to do a lot of different things for those, you know, C to B minus bands. But then I just started feeling bad taking the money they didn't have. Right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know, and you know, Katie, what I love too is the fact that you, you know, you have to have a little bit less of an ego to be able to accept that they might move on. Like you get them going, you really get them started. And then, you know, I was reading an article where you sometimes you have to say, okay, you know, now you're, you're going to the next level. So I, I think that might play a large role too. Yeah. And the biggest compliment is, is literally, you know, as, as I've owned a boutique agency for, you know, 15 plus years that has happened to me. I can't tell you how many times, you know, we, we do such a good job and, this, you know, booking agent decides he, you know, he can't book them anymore. So they have to move up in the world. And then agent slash managers like, Oh, we're going to take this all in house. And thanks for all you did. And, you know, good luck to you. But the biggest compliment ever is in probably the past five to 10 years, nobody has let us go ah, when they moved up in the world. That's, ex that's, that's awesome. That says a lot. Yep. And the ones that... It says a lot. It does say a lot. And the ones that move on, you're like, oh, great. You know, uh, <laughs> testimonial, please. Yes, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that testimonial. Yeah. Yeah. yeah or, or just word of mouth, you yeah. know, all of that stuff. And it does get around. Well, I feel like there's hope then, for, based on what you said, when your group infiltrated. <laughs> and, yeah, we uh, infiltrated. You infiltrated we and you were accepted. You know, again, this is something Sunshine said. I love going back to what the other ladies say in these prior interviews, but remember sunshine said, we just need a, you know, basically a seat at the table mm -hmm. and we just need to be heard. Mm -hmm. You know, let me sit down and listen to me and uh, watch what happens. And that's a little bit about what I think you just described. Yeah. And the trust is, I mean, there is nothing without trust in this world and in, in every facet in your personal relationships in your working relationships and your friendships. So truly what we're doing us, the sunshines of the world, everybody is showing people that we're legit and they should trust us and let us do our job. And, and we're only going to help whatever the end result is and what we're working on together. So pretty amazing that there's those blocks still, though, you know, for me, it's kind of hard to believe that there is that block. Well, why should you guys be yeah. successful? Why should you know what we're talking about? I mean, I went to law school and more than 50% of the classmates, my classmates were female. So I never experienced anything other than equality <laughs> when it comes to a profession. So it is surprising that it's, you know, it's still out there, but it definitely is. And, and on that, so what are some of the, can you identify some struggles you had? I mean, your company's been, what, 
13, 12, 13 years of um, blooming footprint. Yep. 13 years. You're right. 15. Okay. <laughs> I, 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 I can't do math. I'm a, uh, so in any case, so along the way, some of the specific real blatant gender struggles or I don't know if they're gender, gender related struggles that you've encountered, any you can share? I don't necessarily, I think it would have been anybody who was sitting in the PR, you, you say you know, you say PR, public relations to people, and that role has 100% changed over, you know, the past 10, 20, 30 years of what traditional PR is. So when you're put onto a team and you're supposed to be the PR arm and, you know, you're not getting coverage in any state at any given time because you're you're going to Portchester or, you know, where you're going to Middle America and all these bands want is an interview that becomes a complete reflection as to how well or well you are not doing your job. And as I said, I don't know if, if generally PR people have, we, we come from the female persuasion. I don't know how that is a thing, but you know, it just, just like everything else in, in our world, they're just people who acquire certain job titles. So when go back to my ABC rated band structure yeah when you have when you have b level bands that are not getting coverage that becomes your fault mm. and right you personally a hundred percent you woman personally i mean does it go that far personally could not get me an interview in you know bofunk iowa <laughs> so and, and let me tell you something i will never ever said that i will get you coverage in every state that you you're, you have a show in mind you mm -hmm. <laughs> that is not in my contract yeah. that you are signing and who could get an interview uh in the the place you just mentioned <laughs> right right <laughs> and, and you be <laughs> even doing interviews there <laughs> and you being uh someone that hails from the midwest right is well, that so right? do i sioux city iowa was where i was born yeah. Mm -hmm. So we understand the, the concept of the flyover states. Is that what you're saying? Uh -huh. <laughs> Very well. <laughs> Very well. I'm glad you made it a little bit closer to one side uh, in Denver there, right? Is that where you are in Denver or in Colorado? I'm in Denver. Yes, in Denver. Okay. <laughs> it's uh, fantastic here. <laughs> oh, God. I can only imagine, actually, and uh, would love to, to visit more. So, okay, so that, what about, give me some others. I'm going to press you a little bit. So that's sort of a generalistic. I, you know, I, different kind of bird. I, and, you know, forgive me for throwing wrenches back at you, but. No, do it. I, I've definitely, if I had been kind of scrutinized due to my female persuasion, we'll go back to that, over all this time, I probably would have just tapped out, but I'm. I can hang with the guys and I can stick up for myself and articulate well enough that it's really hard to back me into a corner without sounding too cocky. No, that's okay. No. But I think everybody who works with me would, would agree with that. It seems like there's a fine line there of, yep, you can be hang with the boys or be mm -hmm. one of the boys, mm -hmm. which is not a bad thing, yep. but you also want to be recognized as a woman too, right? A hundred percent. Yeah. I'm looking at Tammy. And I look at my guys real quick. I think the teams that I'm on, they love that there is a female vibe on our team and we're, we're all teams. You know, we, I, I work with Mike Weinstein, for example, and he works with all of these different bands. So I have all of these different teams where him and I are 
you know, he's in the booking agent seat, I'm in the marketing seat. And, you know, we have all these little micro teams that I like to call them. And sometimes you really need that woman vibe. And, you know, we just keep things rolling at a different pace also. At least me, I can talk for myself and my team. We keep things rolling and we're structured. And, you know, six weeks before a show, four weeks before a show, two weeks before a show, these venues are getting hit up right and left by us. Like, what's going on? You know, we need to see our show more in the feed. And, you know, what else do you have going on? Is the street team like all these things that we need to do to sell tickets? I always say I'm like the biggest nightmare to new venues that don't know me. But I, I feel like the venues who've worked with me over the years, they appreciate the attention to detail. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, you're fearless too. You're fearless and confident. And I think that's probably a message you'd want to give to uh, some other ladies in the industry or anybody, frankly, but a hundred percent. Yes. I have three interns right now that I'm, I'm working with for that, for those exact reasons. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Cause we were just, I mean, that was one of our, my questions too, is what advice, you know, for women trying to make their way through the industry. And, and I totally understand the, the, you know, almost you need to, you know, be able to understand men, at least, I think, to get them to respect you or at least let you have a seat at the table. Hopefully that won't, it won't be that way forever. You know, hopefully we won't have to take that first step. But, but yeah, what, what would you, what advice are you giving your, as a mentor, your interns? I really feel like self-worth and respect are something that you inherently have or you don't have. And I think even putting your big toe into the music industry, if you're not inherently a strong personality when you're a woman, you're going to run away. Right. <laughs> you're going to be like, this is not fun and this is not for me. There's many other things that you could probably find that would just be easier. Let's just let's just say it that way. So I really love the fact that I'm giving women of a platform to be in a male dominated industry where we have a very specific need and they need us. I'm going to say the bands that I work for, they need Blooming Footprint because we're the day to day. We're the home base. You know, the bands are out running around the country, running around the world, doing whatever it is that they do. We're the concrete and the foundation that keep their business running day to day when they're out living their dream. Right. And it's a cool it's a cool place to be. But I'm also in charge of a lot of people's businesses, if you look at it from that standpoint. And that's a really scary place to be if you are not doing your job. Right. Like at the highest level. And what about, you know, promoting the male bands versus these female, these up and coming female bands that are entering the jam band scene? I mean, are, do you feel like you have to come up with a completely different sort of marketing plan or PR plan in order to, you know, promote them? And is it equal? So the way that, and you guys touched on it at the beginning, what we offer is what I call tour campaign management. So if you are touring 75 to 150 days a year, I'm your girl. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right. If you're just weekend warrioring or, you know, you just you have another job and this is like a secondary thing for you. Blooming Footprint is not a you're not going to be able to afford us and B we're we're not going to drink your Kool-Aid. That's not your space. Um, right. It is not. No. And I had to figure that out the hard way, you know, over over all the years. So someone who is jumping out in my head is Haley Jane. And I had the opportunity to work with her when she was hardcore touring. 
And then she woke up one day and was just like, COVID, I think we were in the middle of COVID and she was just like, I think I'm going to go get a retail job and, and, and move from the East Coast to the West Coast. Right. And um, I know she's back, but, you know, working for her and working for anybody else, it's still the same formula for us because we work with you the, the day a show, well, we work with the booking agent, the day the show is booked till showtime stocking the venues, making sure they're doing everything they do. So to me, it's it's just a matter of finding the right client who is touring as much as they need somebody like us. And that's what the, the formula is for us. Because again, I don't want to take your money. I just don't want to take your money. But you, but you don't, you're, you're, you don't feel like there's any difference in terms of, or is it harder, you know, getting some of these women uh, the same exposure as some of these other male bands you know there's so many if you think about it you know we've got you've got the band you've got the manager you've got the agent you've got the venue you've got a marketing person so a lot of people need to be paid in order you know for this machine to work correctly and if the venue because who else would not be giving us the you know correct amount of visibility they'd be shooting themselves in the foot. Got it. So again, I go to bat and fight for my clients to be in the feed and in the socials and in email newsletters and everything else the venue's doing. So maybe what I'm going to turn this around and say, maybe more women should, who are in the music industry should be coming to us so that we can go fight for them. There you go. Well, that's exactly right. Because, and I bring this up. Yeah. I bring this up because that came up at days between, right. They were saying, you know, it's tough. I mean, you were, you were asking them, you know, why aren't there more women playing here? It's just, you know, and they were like, well, you know, we're not getting invited, but maybe they need (laughs) print print in order to (laughs) chicken of the egg. They also need to be touring. Yeah. uh, 50, plus times and that is i dare to say tough to find the all-female band i don't know any band but i mean you know Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. within that group of the 50 plus performances a year touring and then female dominated band i'll bet you that's a small number that probably is a small number i'm going to say that is a very small number so they have but they have to start somewhere so once they get up to 50 i know who they should call (laughs) yay i wanted to to also mention to you guys um i'm the uh, the marketing director for a festival here in colorado it's an electronic music festival called sonic bloom it's our 16th year this year and our lineup is one third female this year. Oh my goodness. There wow. we go. One third the lineup. Yeah. So it's headlined by Closey, which if if you guys know anything about the electronic world, she is kind of the number one female DJ in the world. This is uh Tammy's uh Tammy's cup of tea that you're talking <laughs> well, right it used here. to be, yeah. And I and I have a friend that, you know, does did all the big sculptures, you know, at all the electronic music festivals. He has some amazing stuff. So but yeah, no, I, I definitely was in that little world. So is that because of the style of music you're getting one third? Is that more prevalent there? No, we did it on purpose. We were super thoughtful curating the lineup. So it is a bunch of international acts and then the Grammy nominated jazz duo Domi and Beck. Mm. Um, Domi's yeah. female. Yep. So they're coming and then we just have like about 30 other female DJs that we thought it was really super important to to help them get, uh, you know, a platform. So, and I love it because I can talk about it when I'm doing PR for the festival. That's like a 
you know, people are like, what? And I'm right. like, yeah, no. That's cool. Give us those dates <laughs> yeah. again, yeah, by well, the way. PR. Yeah. <laughs> what are the dates of that? Sonic Bloom is June 15th through the 18th in Colorado. Very good. Okay, well, my sister lives there, so uh, <laughs> we have to come and visit. You have to get uh, that, I don't know her name, unfortunately, the gal that, uh, the DJ. That I was d- just going to say that. that. Does the, the, the Grateful Dead DJ. Oh, LP Gobi? Yes, her, Yes. <laughs> Yes. You know what? I think that where we were when she came to market, I didn't, I don't think we could have afforded her. Oh yeah. She's she's touring all over the world. Yeah. She's she's pretty amazing. She is killing it. She is. Yeah. I was like, I couldn't believe it. I want to say Dan Lebowitz just told us he's going to play with her somewhere. Did I hear that Uh, from him? Possibly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, you know what? Hey, let's give some props to Jenna Leibowitz. Yes. Yeah. Manage, oh. female man, another female manager who I have the the lovely ability to work with now and again. Yeah, she's another one, you know, again, very few and far between. But like Jenna's been doing this for an extraordinarily long, an extraordinary long time. And we got to have dinner together. We we both were just on Jam Cruise. Um, Lebo was on Jam Cruise and Jenna was also tour managing for Fruition. And it was like the last night, it was after eight or nine o'clock. I had not eaten dinner. I was going to eat by myself. Typical. And I ran into her. And she's she's <laughs> like, have you not eaten dinner? And I was like, no. <laughs> so we, this the two of us, we had the most lovely dinner. <laughs> oh, yeah. We, we well, just she, saw her the other night. She's, she's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, she's yep. just a lovely person and a hard charger, too. I mean. Hard charger. Hard yep. charger, as is Dan. And they literally passed each other. In the hallway, the little alley that leads to the green room at Sweetwater, Dan said, I got to go. Jenna's outside. And then he ran outside. The next thing you know, Jenna was right there in front of us. We were like, how did that happen? <laughs> Apparently, she slipped into the bar and got yeah. it. <laughs> were you guys at the Pink Cocking Fish show? We were. Yeah. We were. And we had, the, <laughs> we had such fun. And Dan, I mean, oh, my God. Oh, let's just go off for a second. Dan's sit-in with them. I don't know if you've seen it. Runaway Jim. Oh, they my God. They played Runaway Jim. Oh, boy. Oh. It was like. Uh, <laughs> so good. It was, you know, just next level. Please welcome Lebo to the Uh, we had a great time there, and we uh, interviewed the boys uh, right before they went on, and it was fantastic. That's what I heard. Yeah. <laughs> Did you hear? Okay, yeah. So anyway, good. Shout out to Jenna. I mean, that, yeah. she's yeah, amazing. Yeah, shout out to Jenna. And, you know, we, uh, we give, while we're at it, you know, Tamara Klamner, yep. The Days Between, which is not happening this year, but she does all kinds of other things. They're probably doing uh, Hog Farm and Biasha Mitchell. I mean, we can... We can yeah. throw some names out there <laughs> for sure. Let me ask you this about the women succeeding and plowing through. I heard from another female musicians that one thing that the ladies should watch out for is competitiveness or over competitiveness amongst themselves. Does that ring true to you? I feel like that is that is a super good and important thing to bring up the female again let's go back to traditional 
publicists and traditional, you know, marketing companies. And again, women trying to find their way in the music industry. This is where we kind of end up or ended up. Right. And I feel like, yeah, especially 10 or so years ago, there was a lot of internal competition, you know, because how many bands are there, you know, especially in, if you're someone in the jam band world and how many festivals are there in Colorado? And, you know, if you're, if you're trying to stay in, you know, a geo location or in a specific genre, I feel like that was definitely a thing. And I feel like that is definitely a thing that has passed now. Oh, is that right? Okay. Mm-hmm. That's good to hear. Yeah. There's a, a few PR women are across the country. And when I get the opportunity to work for someone else's festival, cause I come in with a band or, reverse it. I'm working for the festival and and I get to work with their PR teams. I'm stoked about it because I know they're going to kill it and help me as much as they can. So yeah, I feel like there was a time and a place where we potentially all were competing against each other. In my humble opinion, I think that we're more powerful together. And and those of us that are smart have figured that out. Right. Well, the women are smarter. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Women are smarter. (laughs) Those women who are smarter figured it out. That's right. The women are smarter. And I just think that's great because you really have to be in a situation where you're lifting each other up as opposed 100%. to, you know, cutting each other down and together you are strong. I mean, that's, that has to be, but that's interesting. You say that it is um, improved and maybe not even there. So that's, that's good news on the, uh, the future front. So all of these issues that we're talking about with just the Skull and Roses event itself, any, any of these issues rear their ugly heads without revealing anything that negative, because I'm sure it's all positive, um, <laughs> but I mean, just a general. Yeah. So I'm pretty particular about who I work with at this day and age. You know, there was a time when you work for free and you work for every single thing that gets dropped in your plate. And to me at this point, I only want to work with positive humans that are not making a global impact on the world itself. So literally every festival that I'm involved with, you will not find plastic site. Fantastic. You know, we yeah. are, I just, I can't do that anymore. I travel the world with positive legacy to clean up trash and save sea creatures. And, you know, I, you have to practice what you preach and walk the talk at this point, or you're just a sheep. And I definitely am one person who is not going through this world as a sheep. That's, that's great. Tell yeah, us, yeah, I, tell I us about that. I would never put myself. Well, I mean, I was going to say that plastic, you're not going to find plastic. You're not going to find plastic in the personalities either, hopefully, <laughs> around you. I mean, I think That's, that I think you yeah, can take it both ways. That could be a sticker. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, that, I think Tammy wanted to ask. Tell us a little bit about, I was going to ask you if the challenges facing women are different in the nonprofit world than they are perhaps, and probably not, but, you know, in the uh, for-profit music scene. But mostly, and you can think about that question in the background, but tell us about Positive Legacy mm-hmm. and uh, how you're integrating the, you know, sort of the music and the service to benefit people, which um, is really what you're all about, which is amazing. Yeah, that's our mission, 100%, integrating music and service to benefit the people of the planet. I was the marketing director for many years, so I can spew that off. Yeah, <laughs> boy, that was good. <laughs> 
Yeah. So the positive legacies whole thing is is we realize. So Anne Kenworthy was our, our founder, and she is still part of the board of directors. She was on the original Jam Cruise and saw you know, what was going on with the trash and on a ship and you're confined and there's carbon being, you know, bowed into the, into the ethos. Mm -hmm. So she just kind of took it upon herself to figure out, you know, we're, we're gathering people because, you know, this, uh, this was the 19th jam cruise that just happened. So for 20 years, people have been gathering in mass quantities to go see music. Mm-hmm. And she had the forward sense to think, how could we do this smarter? Mm-hmm. And that's really what positive legacy became was how do we leave a positive legacy everywhere we're going? Well, one is we clean up where we are. So whether it's a resort or a ship or whatever we can do while we're there, we do that. And then we get to take fans into communities, mostly third world countries at this point, and give back to these places that are kind of hosting us. So where the ships dock, where the resorts are, you know, you're always surrounded by third world communities that, you know, they don't even know what they're kind of missing. But at the same time, we have the ability to go in and help them with grant money, with clothing donations, medical supplies, school supplies. So we always show up full-handed when we go on these sojourns. So this sounds like an amazing documentary. Has anybody, has anybody captured all this? And I mean, I could see a lot of other people replicating if they, has anyone documented this over the years, what you guys do? And yes. Okay. So we, yeah, we always take camera crews where we go. Um, We haven't turned it into anything official by any means, but we have a wrap up video every year that shows, you know, where we were, what we did, how much, how much money we raised. We actually, and and this is amazing, um, with our grant funding through the 2023 season, Positive Legacy hit the $1 million mark in grant funding. Oh, that's fantastic. Lifetime. Oh, yeah. that's great. Just amazing that we've done that. I think we should celebrate that by... Uh, Signing up for number 20, Tammy. Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we've been talking about it for a while <laughs> we've now. Been like, about, how have we missed this? <laughs> yeah, Dan and Jenna oh uh, uh, encouraged that the other night. Yeah. So I think uh, after this conversation, it's a no-brainer. Um, but really good stuff. So you mentioned what you're doing there with Positive Legacy. How do you bring that? And you also mentioned you know, no plastic at Skull and Roses. But how otherwise do you uh, bring sort of through the immersive experiences, for example, that you have lined up at Skull and Roses, bring that into the deadhead culture and some of the other humanitarian projects you're talking about. What's going to happen at at Skull and Roses besides no plastic that speaks to this? So we are working always locally with um, the Ventura. It's municipal, like, you know, the you guys know municipal people. <laughs> Munis. Um, the trash people. We'll just we'll just make right. it unsexy. Municipal the people. people. Yep, the <laughs> municipals. So making sure we've got composting, recycling, and trash being separated from the day that the, the grounds open so that we can A monitor and B track how much we are basically responsibly getting rid of everything that is coming from the six to 7,000 people that are going to be there. Super important to do that at your house, let alone when you have that many people somewhere else, you know, we're guests at the Ventura County Fairgrounds. 
We do not want to leave the place worse than we found it. We do not want to be, you know, overfilling the landfills with stuff that can go elsewhere. So yeah, composting projects, recycling projects, and um, the production team that I get to work with down there, they are rooted into the Southern California event system. And they just, they know all the right people and the, you know, the people who are going to drink the Kool-Aid to mm-hmm. come and help us make this festival as neutral as it can be. And that's what our goal is. That's fantastic. You know, what you want is the people of Ventura to, when they hear, oh, Skull and Roses is coming, you know, this weekend. <laughs> you want them to say, yeah, that's great. And not, uh, right? Exactly. Yeah. That's going to clean up. Yay. And that's, yeah. that's yes. it. <laughs> I mean, you're not going to get that 100%, obviously. (laughs) But that—that's tell uh, me about it. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) thus the obviously. Let me let me shift a little bit and talk a little just about the the term music heals. And this is going to be a self-promoting conversation because, uh, well, I'll tell you why in a minute. But I've heard you speak of that, Katie. You know about just the idea of music healing, and I think that works into your integrated. marketing and goals, you know, of not only positive legacy, but just in what you do. What do you think when you hear music heals? Well, from a personal standpoint, I know that music lowers stress and it really can lower elevated heart rates and blood pressure and everything. I mean, there, there is, there is a lot of data out there just from a scientific level that music can actually help you heal, but it also can help with anxiety and pain and stress. So hospitals use it. Musical therapy is actually a real thing, but I think what you're talking about is literally how people feel when they're at festivals, when they're at concerts, when you're with your festival friends out there, you know, just feeling the beat and feeling the bass and there is just a vibe and we all unfortunately during covid it was taken away from most of us so we couldn't do it and we couldn't go see our friends and we didn't have a reason to gather and that was a a super turning point i think for a lot of people um backline came on online during that because these musicians unfortunately were not able to give their gifts that Mm -hmm. kept them on the go and making money and all that. So, I mean, it it transcends the whole industry of really why music heals. Yeah. Well, it's, it's church. It's like a church, you know, (laughs) but I was at a Maggie Rogers concert the other night and I, 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 I took a friend and Actually, she took me and she said, you know, I've never really, she's like, I've, I've never been that spiritual. She did. But I, after this concert, <laughs> I, I believe in it 100%. It was just one of those magical, you know, everyone in there was feeling the same thing. And yeah, it's I, I think that sentiment, Katie, is one that sort of permeates everything you're doing. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. it, it just fits right in as the underlay. You know, you're yes, you're helping businesses slash bands or festivals with their well-being financial but you're also giving back as you talk about with positive legacy and then underlying it all is you mix that with music and you have a nice little formula don't you yeah and you know you guys you guys know as well as i do like being in a a concert slash festival environment you feel all these things you feel joy you feel compassion you feel love there i mean there is just so much 
in the feeling spectrum that is radiated from all the people that are there. So, I mean, if you if we could bottle that, I, I mean, know. how much would yeah, we right. Well, yeah. more the, concerts, more, more concerts. Well, more one, concerts. I, I brought it up as a self-serving uh, topic because I'm involved with Music Heals International, which is a organization that uh, executive director is Sarah Wasserman, who was the uh, daughter of Rob Wasserman. And we have been doing benefit concerts for many years uh, f- to benefit the teaching of music to children in Haiti and uh, now in India. And South Africa. I've been to South Africa personally where I saw what music does to the kids. Uh, I've gone to those when the townships or the shanty towns and been immersed in there and saw these kids that didn't have two pennies to, to rub back to back, Aww, smiling right? and singing uh, with their teachers. And so we're doing that in Haiti and in India with Music Heals. And I just feel like there's some touch points with what you're doing with Positive Legacy and maybe off air or someday we'll talk about it. But to bring this full circle, um, is Melvin Seals one of your clients still? He sure is. Talk about going to church. Yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) bring it all in. So Melvin, I can say this because today we are announcing this. Today we are announcing that Melvin Seals is going to be one of the uh, headliners at our uh, Music Heals International Benefit. Oh, that's amazing. On May 8th. And uh, the, the, uh, our music producer, this is the Dan Lebowitz show, I guess, but uh, Lebo is uh, okay. music director. And uh, he and I put these on along with Sarah. But uh, we're thrilled to have your client participate. It's going to be amazing. That's amazing. So, and then I'll get to be involved. Yay. That's, that's yeah. kind of what I was getting at. <laughs> that was a long, long way. convoluted <laughs> way of saying, Katie, we're going to be working together. Yeah. So, the old shout outs to everybody else that's appearing again announced today David Nelson, Barry Sless, Pete Sears, Lebo, Elliot Peck, Ezra Lip, uh, Paul Bobrun, who is an amazing Haitian artist, and the American Salvage Band. We're bringing some new blood into the jam band scene. They are the founders of and original members Train. of Train, Charlie Colleen and Scott Underwood, plus very special guest. We're not going to say who that is. So, yes, and that might be you, Katie, if all works out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. So what's up next for you? What That's probably a stupid that's question. <laughs> All everything I'm going on. So what else are you going to do? Yeah, just got, I have some personal amazing vacations on my horizon, but yeah, then I come back and it's full on summer festival season for me. So between my bands and where they're going to be and where I'm going to be, it's my favorite time of the year. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> oh, that's great. Are you ever home? Besides, are you probably really. home now? No, I, right. I would say, how much time do you spend at home? I guess home, home is where the music seasonally. is. Right, yes, right. I'm home seasonally. But yeah, I get the luxury of getting to go to do really cool things with really cool people. And I started my company and, and came up with the little slogan, have computerable travel many, many years ago. So it works. Just what it, I do. It works. Yep. Okay. And then you have that great festival with one third women. That's so I, cool. I know. I, we're going. Cool. Yeah. 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 Sonic yes. Bloom. Love it. Love I mean, it. and thus the name, right? I mean, <laughs> okay, here's how we're going to leave this because I know you have work to do. You know, you gave some <laughs> words of encouragement to, to the ladies of the industry earlier in response to Tammy's question. What do you have to say to the men about this subject? The subject of uh, women infiltrating and uh, unifying to help the industry and, and make everything good. I think that balance is the key to almost everything in life. So 
in the words of this podcast, since the women are smarter, it would behoove all of the gentlemen in the music industry to figure out how to integrate women into their day to day if they haven't already done so. Uh, (laughs) Did you plan that? Drop the mic. (laughs) No, because I didn't know you were going to ask that. (laughs) I know. It's perfect. That's beautiful, Katie. Thank you so much. Tell us and tell the listeners how they get tickets and all that kind of fun stuff for Skull and Roses and Sonic Bloom for that matter. So as we mentioned, Skull and Roses is coming up April 15th through the 23rd um, at the Ventura County Fairgrounds. And you can get all the information you might need for that at skullandroses.com. And that's for all of our Grateful Dead loving fans out there. And then for everybody who is into what we call the EDM scene, mm-hmm. electronic dance or die. <laughs> Sonic Bloom. <laughs> Sonic Bloom is June 15th through the 18th in Southern Colorado at a place called the Hummingbird Ranch. And yeah, tickets are on sale and it's over the summer solstice. And it's a place where we use the slogan, we unify the field. So come one, come all and have a little transformational weekend with, yoga and healing and art and killer dance music. Love it. (laughs) Sounds absolutely perfect. But we are looking so forward to seeing you maybe at both now. In April. Uh, But we'll see you in April. We'll be back there, uh, Mount Tam Media. We'll be uh, interviewing folks, as I said, coming off stage. I don't know if I said that, but also in leading up to it, we have some great podcast interviews we've completed with many of the artists who will be appearing at Skull and Roses. And hopefully folks will get to uh, find that at our website or yours uh, coming up in the coming weeks. So it's only six weeks away. So (laughs) watch this space, as they say. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Katie Fox, thank you so much. What a great interview. Thank you, guys. And we yeah. can't wait to hang thank out with you. Thank you so much. Such a pleasure. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. All right. Get your phone call. I know you have a phone call to take or to do, so get on that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm getting on it. All right. Okay. Thank Thanks you so much. So much. Thanks. Okay. okay. Bye. Bye.